Hi, I'm Tefra Jemian. I'm Sanya Malik. And I'm Caddy Diop. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! yeah. So this week is a special episode. This is uh, the first week that we have both interns on the show. Not sure yet how often that will happen, but this week we're not actually reviewing a title. We are just getting to know our interns, Caddy and Sanya, uh, and talking about um, why they're here and uh, and what kind of books they like and stuff like that. So Sanya and Caddy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is great. It's really nice to have you both. Sanya obviously was on last week's episode. Caddy has been on the show before, reviewing Odd One Out. But um, Caddy, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Because Sanya kind of had her five minutes last week. Yes, for sure. So I am a book nerd, um, but I'm also a sexology student. And I've been a community worker for many, many years. We can now speak in terms of decades. And um, I'm really looking forward to read some books. I haven't had a summer of reading in a few years, and I feel like now is the time. I'm really into it and excited to see what happens. Just realized that totally missed out on the opportunity of calling this the, like, summer reading program. Hey, now. (laughs) But we can always start now. Let's talk a little bit about YA. Hmm. Why do you guys like young adult lit? Sonia, why do you like young adult lit? <laughs> that is a really great question. Hmm. You know, I would think it would be like the go-to answer, like something about escaping reality or something like that. But I thought about it. And I think that YA for me is always going to be something that like it's always been there or it's something I will always relate to. Like maybe growing up, I was a teenager. And then even when I'm older, if I read it, it's like I still relate to it because I was a teenager. So I feel like it's just one of those things that just sticks. And I really thought that, you know, now that I'm in my 20s, if I read a YA book again, I would not be able to relate to it at all. But in fact, I related to it even more, perhaps. Um, the sense of nostalgia as well. That really ties into why I like love reading it so much still. I love young adult literature because they're not afraid of feelings. And I think that that's really nice mm-hmm. and it's exciting and it, like you, it brings me back to being a teen and feeling things so intensely and so complicated. Um, but I love that. And also it doesn't shy away from the cheese. And um, I'm a big cheese fan, real cheese, but also literary <laughs> cheese. Who doesn't love cheese? Agreed. This is this is something I was thinking. Like, obviously, we've been doing like we we do try to do books that like deal with serious topics and whatever. But I've just felt like this summer I've been like I want to get into some fluff. Mm, yeah, do some. I want to do some fluff. I like that you're both giving me satisfied smiles here. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about fluff that's great, and I think that even in something that's very serious, the nice part about YA is that it's still there. There's still going to be a little hint of, you know, just a perspective on some deep, dark teen emotions, which tends to lead toward cheese no matter how hard you try. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. For me, like growing up, 
I think that this is very common for all teenagers. You often feel like you no one's ever felt what you're feeling. Like you're like super angsty. You're very, you know, far removed from everyone else. And you feel like nobody can ever understand what you're going through. And then you, you'll read a YA book and you're like, okay, this character knows exactly what I'm feeling. So I think that part as well is just like the genre has this amazing ability to just capture that. Mm-hmm. And I find that so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think something um, that's very real to me about YA is like you can be going through something serious. Like it can be a YA murder mystery, you know, and you're still going to be preoccup- preoccupied with like, does this person like me or like, how do I look or like, am I going to make this exam? And and for me, that's like a reality that still exists when you're an adult. We just don't really talk about it. Um, and there's some kind of like affirmation in Mm -hmm. in reading a book and being like yeah I know I should be upset about this and like totally preoccupied over it but really I just like I want to know what that look meant and I'm just going to obsess about that for a week (laughs) and the right to obsess about these things oh my goodness like you read literature that's not slated for youth and then all of a sudden it's like everything is a very passing thing right people have complex emotions but they don't allow themselves to just sit there and wait in it i think it's i think that's the nice part it's like you can sit and stew when you're a teen and i don't know i kind of dig it yeah also it's just like this constant like like in adulthood you know you can't you don't have any time to feel it's like what you guys are saying and like honestly i feel that like reading YA books like even the cheesiness and everything i'll cringe at first and then i'm just like Oh, but it's so nice to see this again. Like, I miss that part of who I was. Like, I hide it now, but obviously we're all human. We all have cringe moments. You know what I mean? I feel like why it kind of celebrates that almost. Yes. Like, celebrates so, the cringe. Yeah, it just, oh, finally, give me some cheese and something I can cringe at. I'm good with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And who doesn't like a good crush? Right? right? <sighs> yes. That yeah. feeling. Yeah. Like there's something nice in getting really invested in a relationship that you know is going to last one semester <laughs> after the book. Exactly. And it's the big reveal also. Mm-hmm. I, I think I love the, the moment when like people show up right at the first day of school or coming back from like winter vacation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's been a metamorphosis and yeah. everyone is looking at them differently or they're looking at everyone differently. And it's so silly. But it all, it's also so relatable. Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, one of the books that like Hannah and I talked about, and I know Sanya really likes Just Listen by Sarah Dessen, opens with, I think, one of the best moments of that, of just like coming back after a summer and everything has changed. Mm. And there's something so good about that. Mm-hmm. So on that note, favorite books or genres or authors? Okay. I am going to confess something. Oh, no. Yep. Don't judge me. <laughs> totally loved every second and every page of the twilight series me too thank goodness okay i'm so happy you said twilight (laughs) that saved my life oh good (laughs) i love that book even though it is so bad sometimes oh it's terrible but it's terribly good i still with my older sister we watch the series over and over again it's like why are we doing this i i introduced my partner tom to the twilight series like a year ago we live tweeted it i loved every second of it because he knew nothing about twilight he'd never read the books and it was just so 
pure, mm. you know? I love that you said that. Oh, I'm so glad that Le- I am amongst my peers. <laughs> no judgment zone right here. Hallelujah. Why do you love it? Why do I love Twilight? Mm-hmm. Because I remember loving someone as much as, yeah, as wow. much as Bella Swan loved Edward Cullen. But it was unrequited, and he was oh, not a vampire, worst. unfortunately. Are How you sure? I, th- he's an accountant now, so mm, yeah, he's not yeah, a vampire. Not a vampire, um, and he's vid- he's visibly aged, unfortunately. Oh, okay, but uh, no, it's. I think it's just embracing the sap. It's so corny. Everything about that story from the first to the fourth book, it's corny. It's playing into tropes. But it owns it like it's very clear and very honest. It's, you are getting some cheesy goodness right here. And that's it. I'm not giving you big intellectual stimulation. You're not going to learn much about much in all honesty. But you are going to go on an emotional ride. And I definitely connected with that feeling of being 17, wanting to be such an adult, but being such a child at the same time and just feeling things exponentially before capitalism got me and kind (laughs) of nailed me down yeah you know what i i love right now is that talking with sabina khan talking with jf dubot i'm pretty sure talking with ben bethley sorry ben talking with ben philippe um twilight has come up in one of my first episodes interviewing candace pie of gal chat twilight came up like and and I think that's a testament to to a good story. Like everybody has an opinion on Twilight. And you know what? Like people it's very trendy to hate it, but like who doesn't know it? Right. You know? Yeah. Like like you read it or you watched the movie and you're going to shit on it now, but you read it or you watched it. Like yeah. Twilight. Wow. I'm just like god, I really miss reading that book for the first time. <laughs> Perhaps, oh, I don't know. It's a good question. I think my favorite YA book is probably going to be The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. I read that when I was like 14, 15, and um, I just fell in love with it. Sometimes I feel like I read books and I remember the feeling of reading it more than the actual book itself. Like, if you asked me what even happens in it, I'm going to tell you like the basic plot points, but I really don't remember much. I just remember feeling really, really understood when I read that book and it made me feel like as I said before like my problems like or whatever I'm going through it's like I'm not alone like other people other teenagers feel that way too so I love that book for that reason what about you me um both of those in fact and uh the one that that's stuck with me the most I feel kind of cheap because I've mentioned these both recently but just listen by by Sarah Dessen I think got me hooked on Sarah Dessen and hooked on that like experience of reading everything an author has written which is definitely not something I had done before I just kind of like would go to the library and check out all of her books um Deb Coletti actually who is not what I was who I was going to say but Deb Coletti is another one we haven't really talked about haven't really read but 
Um, The Nature of Jade is a book she wrote that is about a teenager who has panic attacks. I read that one. Yeah, it's good. I'm rereading it now. I like... Is it still great? It is. It is. I'm not through it yet, but I was was kind of nervous going back to it because Deb Coletti is one of those authors who like writes about serious topics for teens and sometimes you get into those and you're like, ooh, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this relies on a lot of misery porn and, and a lot of like... Stuff I don't like now. But no, I I really, really am enjoying it. And I didn't know at the time that I had an anxiety disorder, but it was the first time that I had seen that. And I was like, okay, like somebody else feels like this. And that kind of relation um, was so great. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's also just beautiful. Like it's, it's, it's beautifully written. And I... One of the reasons I like Twilight, um, I like a book that kind of transports me into an atmosphere, uh, especially agree. if it's a kind of rainy, foresty West mm. Coast atmosphere, <laughs> a place where you need to wear lots of wool and yeah. jeans. Yes, yeah. drive a pickup truck. Yeah, I just love the West Coast. But Deb Coletti, it's all set in Seattle, so it's like okay, sweet. So I like Washington State books. <laughs> I guess. Oh right, that's an interesting category. Yeah. Has either of you ever read uh, Rainbow Rowell? Rowell? I'm not sure how to pronounce their last name. They wrote Eleanor and Park. Yeah, and I hate it. You hated it? Yeah, it's like really racist. It is. It's becoming a movie, I heard, I think. Oh. And then this whole talk came up again, and I was, I totally forgot about that part because when I read it, I wasn't super aware you know racism or well i was but i didn't pinpoint it exactly and then i reread it because i have it at home and i was just very very racist and problematic but what about you like in the moment did you like it or i i think it's one of the first books where i really appreciated the tone surrounding uh issues of violence and trauma but i agree with you that uh reading it I, i was also like well, why does the Asian kid have to do martial arts? Like, can we <laughs> step away from those th- yeah. ideas for a minute and just kind of move forward? But um, yeah, the handling of trauma, I think that was really interesting and done in a really sensible way. That's yeah. true. That part is, yeah, that's very true. I remember reading it and just feeling very confused because like maybe the cover or something, it doesn't look like it'll be so dark. Or dealing with such serious themes, and when I read it as a as a teenager, I was just taken aback, but not in a bad way. In a way where I was like, I think I needed to read it. Do we have any other problematic faves? I didn't tell you guys this in advance. I'm just thinking of it now. Mm, problematic faves. Problematic faves. Catcher in the Rye. I don't know if that okay. falls under YA. I mean, uh, it's from the 50s. teenage protagonist coming of age narrative. Right? I think it does. Yeah, that was my yeah. favorite for a very long time, and okay. then I was like, oh, this is kind of. Yeah, and then I read it again when I was older, and I was like, that's just a white guy being really mad at, like, nothing homophobic and, like, just weird. Yeah. I recently thoroughly trashed Holden Caulfield on the podcast, and Hannah got upset with me because her mom (laughs) likes it. And I was like, well, maybe your mom should get better taste. Oh, wow. Um, Shots fired. Wow. So, which is probably not, not, you know, something I should have said. (laughs) That's okay. I, uh have cringed a few times because uh, I've wished Hermione Granger were black. So yeah. that is my thing, I guess. It's not so problematic. Harry Potter's pretty epic and amazing. 
I feel like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is problematic. Yeah. J.K. Rowling she is problematic. She made it problematic. Like, yeah. she just adds on to things and you're just like, stop talking. I definitely just put my fingers in my ears when anybody talks about the problematic yeah. elements of Harry Potter. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I That was probably one of the first books I read where there were brown people in it, like uh, the Patel twins. And I just remember cringing at like everything about them i mean why did they have to wear traditional dresses at the ball i felt the same way about kingsley shackle bolt but that was more the depiction (laughs) in the films because in the books well he's just big and scary and intense and that's about it and i was like come on let's change the narrative around black Mm -hmm. men in magic i was mad about the way kingsley shackle bolt was portrayed because i think he's supposed to be hot oh my like like you know and then he was just kind of a dad figure he looks like but, he looks like most of my uncles let's yeah, be honest yeah yeah and so when i was reading the book i was like oh kingsley shacklebolt can get it and then i see the movie and it's like oh i need to see evidence of where he's supposed to be hot i don't remember this i think it's that his voice is described as like deep and slow and for me that's like ooh yeah Kingsley Shacklebolt can get it is perhaps the <laughs> most required bumper sticker that I have ever heard. I oh love my God. it. Beautiful. Um, but then they also cast Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. So like, I thought that was great. Oh really? He's uh, problematic, right? I mean, I just Sirius Black again supposed to be hot. Okay, wait. I thought he was hot. Even Gary Oldman looked, can get it. I mean, Let's the be long honest. hair and everything, that was working. Gary Oldman looks like most of my uncles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't have like a brown old man to compare my uncles to, so <laughs> I'm going to sit that one out. <laughs> oh, okay. So clearly um, we have a thing for each other's family members, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> You just gotta introduce me, Caddy. Listen, <laughs> I can hook you up. Um, have you guys read *The Summer I Turned Pretty* by Jenny Han? I have not. Not yet. I know of it. I have not read it yet. I read that as a teenager, and I fell in love. Now again, I don't know if I'll feel the same way if I read it again, which is why I'm too scared to read it again. Oh, there's so many books I want to reread, and I'm. I know if I reread it, I'm gonna hate them. That's like what this show is for, isn't it? I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I've been holding off on rereading Kevin Brooks, who like definitely does YA misery porn, and like I loved him. He's a he's a British author. He wrote this book called Lucas that I read probably like twenty times, and I loved it. And it's very angsty. It's very dark. And when I was about fifteen, it was like exactly where I was, you know. And so I would read his books and be like, yes, I too can be a like very young drug addict sex worker and be glamorous so like i just know that if i reread that wasn't lucas that was one called candy um no that if i reread them i will be like my children are not allowed to read these books you know (laughs) what about strange series like animorphs yay or nay Please tell me a little bit about Animorphs. Oh, I just felt old for a second. I was not allowed to read Animorphs, but they were a thing. Okay. Animorphs is a series of books where teens can basically transform into animals. Wait, was this like the R.L. Stein vibe type of book? 
sort of like those really cool covers where the kid is turning to a wolf. absolutely okay i remember this never read it though were they good they were fine they were fun but they also had a lot of diversity which was nice because mm. you had and it wasn't necessarily like from this like colonialist racist perspective so it was pretty cool to see characters that maybe resembled you know resembled our reality a bit more but it was really it was really fun i liked where they went with that i and it wasn't like it was a little dystopian without being too dystopian do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we didn't fall into the hunger games category mm-hmm. of things but we knew that like you know environment the environment was an important uh issue to think about and all that and so that was mm-hmm. lovely speaking of dystopian what do you guys think about divergent that series I see your faces. I don't think you're happy with it. (laughs) So in our first ever dystopian smackdown, which I feel like is something we need to bring back soon, um, Hannah and I pitted Hunger Games against Divergent. And we scored them. We had like a scoring rubric. And by the end, I just felt so bad because like Divergent scored so low on like everything. The way I feel about Divergent, is that I can't remember the author's name. Veronica Roth. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, Roth, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I felt like her story was so good. Like she really, but she really, really needed to go through about three more years of edits. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I find the world really compelling. I find the characters cardboard I, I could never decide how old four was because I know he was supposed to be age appropriate, but he read like he was 34 and creepy. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. <coughs> four was a particular character. Um, the, the last book of the series I found unbearable for some I reason. I ripped it. You did I what? was so angry that she died because <laughs> it was so weird and I just, I was like, there were so many other solutions. You gave up the easy way for a dramatic turn. Like, why? I literally ripped it. It wasn't even mine. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It was mine. <laughs> also, the twist of like, surprise, actual society still exists. You are just an experiment. <laughs> ha, ha, Where ha, is the oh. human rights convention? Right? <laughs> yeah. Is the UN sitting on their hands while this is happening? What's going on? As they do. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm going to write to my representative. Yes. Oh, man. So that's a no-go. That book sucks. But did you... you, you it does suck. You yeah, weren't it saying sucks. it because you At liked first, it. I okay. like, was so excited because I was like, oh, my God, this is like amazing. The story, the characters, even though they're cut like cardboard, as you yeah. said. And then just everything fell apart. So much potential. So that's poorly done. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why it's devastating mm-hmm. for me. It's just like, I saw where you were trying to go and like your editors let you down, babe. Like they were pushing out another YA series. Can we talk about the tragedy of what happened with the movies also? Oh my, the movie series that never completed. I have secondhand embarrassment just thinking about it and then they tried to make it into a tv series instead they did yeah so they were like well we're not going to produce the last movie because it's not going to make any money but um but we'll do it as a mini series and basically shailene woodley was just like no 
Thank God. Like, I signed a contract for a movie. I'm not doing a miniseries. Um, and it died. And That's she good. did whatever she did next, Fallen Our Stars, or was that before that? Yeah. I think it was right after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it was right before because there was that whole issue with um, everyone kind of being up in arms about her one of the I her, think her love, love interest, interest in yeah. the fault in plays our stars her plays her brother yeah, and yeah like, that was weird i felt like they there's so many more actors that look like him or act like that like why that was cringe speaking of what do you guys think about the fault in our stars eh, have not seen the movie have read the book I have, I think, controversial opinions on John Green that I'm not totally sure that I'm allowed to say because he is also a podcaster. Okay. We'll skip that one. Cool. No, I mean, we have to talk about John Green sometime. You can't talk about YA without talking oh, about John course. Green. Oh, of course. He's like the first one I think of. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I have met him at oh, PodCon. Oh, he seems he's like a nice guy. guy. Sorry. Yeah. Hank Green is lovely. I've met Hank him a Green few times. Hank Green teaches me more than my yeah. professors. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> he's been on um, Up for Discussion on the Up for Network twice. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about The Fault in Our Stars. Let's Let's say it. As someone who loves cheese, I couldn't commit to their cheese. I couldn't, but I also am not a huge fan of what I like to call death porn in mm -hmm. YA. This like, oh, I love you so much. I'm going to cough once and then I'm going to die <laughs> sort of thing. That doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't reach me quite as much as I think it should. Maybe I'm dead inside. <laughs> but I couldn't get in, I couldn't get into the love story. I just... You know, A Walk to Remember did a better job. Oh, yes. I was just going to bring that up. So The Fault in Our Stars literally kills me, if I'm being honest. I have this thing where I, I lose it if a character dies. Like, I won't go to school. Like, I lose it. So I lost it. And I was so depressed that Augustus Waters died because I did not see it coming. But then Walk to Remember, like, I read that one soon after, and I was like, okay, never mind. Like, that shows me love. So when that loss happens, I'm like, that's that's heartbreak. Oh, that book. Nicholas Sparks is trash, though. Just got to put that out there. <laughs> but I will watch The Notebook anytime yes. you want me I to. Can't, I can't do it. I can't do The Notebook. I don't agree with it. It's not over. I don't agree with it. What well, do you mean? No, I have problems with The yeah. Notebook because it's literally just a guy forcing his way into a woman's life yes <laughs> and not taking no for an answer yes and just manipulating her and the first time i saw it i remember being like huh what's up with the consent here it's like i'm gonna let myself fall from this ferris wheel unless you agree to go on a date with me i'm gonna lie down in traffic and let myself die unless you are my one and only this this is not this is 1940s not 1940s okay. romance apparently i mean talking about problematic faves yeah oh. although i i yes i agree with all of that and yet I will still watch it. But Probably I fast forward it. all the old people stuff. <laughs> oh my god, me too. <laughs> I'm like, this is not relatable. I just don't care. I don't care. <laughs> oh when you're not when you're not Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, I I don't care. <laughs> Holy Toledo. <laughs> you know, I find the book and the movie like 
totally different though i remember watching the movie and being like i love this and then i read the book and i was like wait where's everything it was completely different i feel like it had more like emphasis on her alzheimer's rather than their love story of, of course that was there too but the movie definitely like romanticized everything way more okay how do we feel about jody piku do we consider her ya or not i don't think she's ya Ooh. have you read 19 minutes no no not that one to this day i can't look at that book without like not crying like oh my god it was just one of those books that will always stick with me but then again now i'm saying this and i'm like if i read it and i hate it yeah Mm -hmm. but that book was i mean it was like high school students but it's basically about a school shooting okay and the character the characters are involved in it oh my god it was just heartbreaking i i had to put it down i was like i can't do this for a 15 year old i was like losing my mind i remember being obsessed with my sister's keeper as a teenager um and now i i hate it uh in retrospect tell us why um i feel well so i get mad at parents in books a lot and especially since i've become a parent i get so much more mad at parents in books and i just i can't with those parents in that book and i also felt like the end was really gimmicky um but I but I loved it as a teenager. The reason I don't think Jodie Picoult is YA, though, is because I think a lot of her books rely very heavily on adults to drive the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to me, it is not YA-focused enough. Uh, yeah. Or not, not youth-focused enough. It's funny because it's the kind of book... I know that as a teen... And I've read the, I read her books as an adult, but I know that as a teen, I would have gobbled all of that up yes all of them just devoured yeah have you guys read the lovely bones i have not uh when it came out let me see it came out when i was already an adult and i remember thinking this is gonna make me really sad and i can't handle it right now yeah that i book, just didn't oof i read it when i was like a teenager and again one of those books where i had to skip school for it like i was just oof Okay, maybe I just skipped school and I'm using that as an excuse. I I was going to say. Kids don't skip school. But (laughs) yeah, no, that book was just very, very sad. I don't know if there's another word for it. It's just really sad. Um, Last one I'm going to throw out there, then we're going to move on to our final question. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Do either of you know that? Children's book, not not young adult. That movie gave me so many trust issues. I I didn't read the book. I think the movie is nothing like the book. Please tell me that's true, because then I will read the book. Like, the the movie has, like, elves and shit? I'm yes. talking about, like, the death. Yeah, yeah. No, there's still the, a death. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. But I don't like, know about the elves and all that. I'm just like... they. I, I got the impression that they turned it into a fantasy movie. Oh, so it's not. It mm-hmm. is not. What? No. What is this book about, then? It's it's just, like, a realism uh, a story of a friendship between two kids. That's... And, sounds better just every time you say like this book i couldn't go to school like that was the first time i started reading bridge to terabithia i got to the death i put the book down and i did not finish it for three years wow because i was so angry i was probably 11 mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is a downfall of growing up in a french world is i missed out on all these really cool english books 
And now I feel like I may have to add Bridge to Terabithia on my list. It's worth it. It's short. I probably have it, actually. I could lend it to you. Sweet. It's short. It's devastating. And, and, and it's beautiful. Like, right. it is so good. So, finally, I think we've hit on this a few times. And uh, we've talked about cheese a lot. What do you look for in a YA book? Like, if you're going to read a book and be like, damn, that was a good read. Like, what what does it have to hit for you? Complicated feels. So many complicated feels. I need a character to really go through it. And the, the only thing that's coming to mind right now is the hate you give. Mm. <clears throat> where I felt that push-pull between so many elements and just the complicated nature of existing. I love that. That makes a YA book to me. Yeah. My answer is not as beautiful. Honestly, I really do. I know I, we all said this before, but like cheesiness. But besides that, I think something I could relate to. And now that I'm a bit older, I definitely want to read a YA book with like diverse characters or, you know, a character who's going through something different you know, growing up, everything I read was just white, like white characters, white authors, so much so that if I read a book where the character wasn't white, I would have to reimagine it so that they were white, like the internal internalized racism was real. And now that I'm older and more aware of these things, I think that when I read a book, especially YA, I just need to have that diversity there. And I think I'm seeing that now, especially like recently, all these books that I've been seeing super diverse super excited for that and another thing is just the storytelling it really has to like draw me in what about you tepper um a little of both i think i i want a love story like i i want there to be romance it doesn't have to be the main focus of the book but i want there to be romance and i'm a little disappointed if there isn't and like I want details about what the character likes apart from just the focus of the book like I want little kind of little personal moments with the character and feels all the feels all the feels Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. the mark of a good YA book is putting it down and either having like the biggest smile plastered on your face or like crying or (laughs) I feel like you have to have an emotional reaction to it for it to really be successful for sure yeah well I think we're gonna have a great summer. Hey, hey, yes. now. Summer book club. <laughs> Sanya and Caddy, thank you so much for joining us. And I can stop saying that now because you're not guests, you're just regulars. Yay. Whoop. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at YA Podcast and individually at Sanya Malik X. Caddy double underscore D and Teffer Bear. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can also get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yeah podcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons. Catherine Resch, Kat McGuire, Chantal Thomas, Lizzie Tenhove, and Erica Stitchberry. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. 
You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. I'm Tom. I'm Will. And we're the hosts of Blasting Off Again, a new Pokemon podcast brought to you by the Upford Network. We've decided to take on the task of watching through every episode of Pokemon, providing live commentary and in-depth analysis of everyone's favorite 90s dogfighting cartoon. We're tackling the hard-hitting issues. Is Brock racist? Was coughing the first ever suicide bomber? What are the environmental implications of using Pikachu to power a building? Will Misty ever get her pipe back? Find out the answer to all these questions and more on Blasting Off Again. Available on the Upford Network, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're, We're blasting, blasting off again! I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom.